Let's go Dave to Dave here on Iron Sports, bringing Dave Syvertson, scout uh, for our lads. Dave, thank you so much for joining us here. How are you, sir? Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. I'm Mike along with Ira. And, you know, I got to say, it seems like everywhere you look, it's a foregone conclusion that Aiden Hutchinson's going number one overall. And is there any reason to think that that won't happen in the draft next week? Well, I mean, the Jaguars GM, Balky, he, he's been very – he obsesses over tools and upside. And, and when you look at the tools that you're, you're – that Trayvon Walker brings to the table, what he did at the combine, it was, it was historic, right? If you put the workout numbers that he put on the table and you put those in the wide receiver room, he's one of the most athletic wide receivers in this draft. And, you know, you obviously know he's not going to make a position change, but I think similar to what they did with Alden Alden Smith in San Francisco, they gambled on his tools and before his legal issues and, and drug issues, we, he was, he was an ascending superstar, and I think that there's a possibility that they're going to see it, that in Trayvon Walker, that the That's ceiling big. he brings to the table is unlike what Hutchinson could bring. You know, it's interesting you say that because you're right. Walker's flying up draft boards. So I'll, I wasn't going to ask this, but I will now. I mean, is he going to go before uh, Thibodeau? I do think, I, you know, that's going to be a coin flip to me. Yeah. I mean, how the top of this draft is going to shake out is just so unknown. I mean, where the quarterbacks are going, which corner is going to go first. But I, if I was a gambling man, I would put on Walker going before Thibodeau. Just because Thibodeau, there are issues on tape with his physical ability. His best tape that we saw in college was as a true freshman. And I think that there's some personality issues that are rubbing some GMs the wrong way. And you really just don't want to get it wrong at the top of the draft like that. So I do think there's a shot we see Walker go in front of Thibodeau. So, Dave, I'm a lifelong Giants fan. You work hand-in-hand with the New York Giants. So i got to ask you, what would be the ideal situation here for the Giants with the fifth and seventh pick? Well, I think that if you did see a Trayvon Walker fall down to number five, which is a possibility, you know, I, I said it's a coin flip between Walker and Thibodeau, and, and if the Jets are on the clock right before them, I could see them going for Thibodeau just based on the profile that that uh, front office has gone for with their edge rusher. So yeah. I think your ideal scenario is you take Walker at five, who's a, a perfect fit for the new uh, defensive scheme that's coming in with uh, Wink Martindale, and then you take over – take whatever leftover offensive lineman is there at number seven. It's going to be Neal, Ekwanu, or Cross. I think you're happy with any of those three. You stick them at right tackle. And now now that's been the Achilles heel of this franchise for, for years now. And now at least you have these two guys on the outside that put a lot of resources into building the offensive line in the middle in free agency still a gaping hole there at right tackle and if you pair one of those guys with Andrew Thomas I think you're in a really good spot and I think most of our you know big blue nation agrees with you here because we'd be uh, pretty happy about that Ira what do you got I just like to turn to the quarterbacks a little bit um, if you look at last yeah. year Trevor Lawrence Zach Wilson Trey Lance Mac Jones now we look at the quarterbacks in this draft would any of these have quarterbacks gone ahead of, of any of those last year I mean or, I mean they're probably gonna go higher perhaps but or is it is it that weak a class or is it just maybe people undervaluing some of these quarterbacks I, I I'm on the page that if if, they, if any of these guys were in last year's draft class they would have been a second round pick oh, and, okay uh, I, and I think I'm not saying they're going to be a second-round pick this year because the quarterback position is the most important position in all sports, right? So you know that some of these teams, I mean, that struck out on all of the trades that we saw this offseason, I mean, that was unlike anything we've ever seen in the NFL offseason, right, with all the quarterback movement with trades. And I think that goes to show you that these teams, they know that they're not going to get their guy in the draft this year, but at some point you're going to have to roll the dice with a new quarterback and, 
I still think you're going to see two or three go in the first round. I think someone might trade up towards the end of the first round so that you can guarantee that fifth-year contract option, which is such a huge deal with the quarterback position when you consider the economics of the salary cap. So, you know, I, I think all these guys, I, I'm having my reports in, in, in front of me right now. All of them have late first, early second round grades, but because of the position, you'll probably see them go a little higher. So where do you think, I mean, pick which quarterbacks you think will go to the first round, and and I know this is hard to predict, but where I'm a huge yep. Steeler fan, so clearly, I mean, I've gone to a zillion Steeler games, I go everywhere, I travel a yep. plan, I was at yep. Ben's last game, and I knew when they drafted, I'll tell you what, when they drafted Ben at 10, I thought it was the right pick. I always liked it. I followed him when he was in college. I said, wow, that was a great pick. I'm glad we didn't have Rivers or Manning. I thought that was, and I thought he was a perfect situation. But, you know, is Pickett yep. going to or Willis? Like, who's going to be the next person I could, to run the Steelers? I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, just based on kind of reading the tea leaves between what Mike Tomlin is saying and Colbert, what they're saying, and I know he's going to be gone soon, but I think he's going to be a big part of this decision. They want an athlete back there, but. They don't want someone that's just a running quarterback. And I think there's a lot of arrows pointing to Malik Willis, but I'm actually looking at Desmond Ritter as being the guy for the Steelers just because he is a, an elite athlete. I don't think he gets enough attention for how athletic he is. He put out one of the most impressive performances at the Combine at the position. And, but he's a pure pocket passer. Uh, he started a lot of games. He had a lot of success. His intangibles are off the charts. He's the kind of leader that you want in that room. And I think Pittsburgh still is going to want to have that old-school pocket passer, hmm. just someone that doesn't have cinder blocks tied to his shoes, like we, we, what you guys have had to deal with. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> but but, but now Desmond, for our listeners, people don't, aren't that familiar, Desmond Ritter is the star quarterback from Cincinnati who led the team yep. into the college football playoff last year, an amazing, amazing year they had at the, for the Bearcats. So if Ritter, if you have him going 20th to the Steelers, then who would be going ahead of that? It seems like they draft him a little too high because someone has Ritter going the second round, but clearly the Steelers wouldn't wait. You know, they'd probably pick him in the, with the 20th pick. Yeah, I mean, you're playing with fire if you're going to hope to get your guy in the second round. And, hey, I mean, some teams do it. You know, Seattle did it with Russell Wilson a long time ago, and it worked out for them. But I think if you have conviction on a quarterback and you really want one, you're going to have to go for him in the first round. So, I do think Kenny Pickett's going to go earlier than him to Carolina. I think Malik Willis has some arrows pointing to New Orleans. And if there is a fourth, I think it would be uh, Matt Corral, who probably would be traded for at the end of the first round. Or maybe Detroit can kind of sit put. And they have to stay put. They have a pick at the end of the first round that they could use on him only for the sake of the contract. So I have Willis going right before Ritter, and then I have Kenny Pickett going in the top 10 uh, to Carolina. Is there going to be any thought of these teams that next year we're looking at Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud? I mean, some people that are like, they feel like, you know, first pick drafts, Trevor Lawrence type players. Um, yep. Do you think there'll be any ones that will pass this year and say, I'll wait till next year? I mean, it's NFL's a win now league, but you don't want to waste on a first pick now when you really have some of these better quarterbacks next year. Yeah, I mean, that's such an interesting situation. I don't think anyone's going to come out and say it, but we all know that teams do it. And I think that, I mean, I'm looking at two teams that are picking in the top 10 right now that, you know what, it wouldn't be a bad decision to bring in the quarterback if the grade was there. And I just don't think the grade is there. I'm looking at the Giants and the Falcons. And all signs are pointing towards both of these teams not playing well. But the Giants are in a unique situation. I'm really interested to see what they do with Daniel Jones' fifth-year option, which comes in May that, hey, I, I would say don't pick it up, let Jones play out this year and see what happens. 
I mean, Atlanta knows that Marcus Mariota is not the answer, but I also think that they brought in brought him in to be the starting quarterback this year and possibly next year as well. But also with the mindset that hey, we're going to stink next year. We're probably going to have a top five pick again. Let's wait for one of these quarterbacks. One thing to keep an eye on draft weekend in regard to this situation: teams are going to try to get first round picks in next year's draft. Now, I don't know if there's going to be enough. Um, demand for teams looking to trade up and sell one of their future ones. I don't know if there's a prospect out there that will warrant that kind of thing, but if you can go into next year's draft with multiple firsts, and already there are already a few teams that are in that position, it's going to position you to be able to make an aggressive trade up next year if you're not close enough to that top spot for that quarterback. I, no, that's a good point. I mean, with the COVID year and some of these players, there was some surprise. Some players went back because they didn't actually have enough games in. They sat out last year. I mean, there were some issues, and I think that some players felt like you, there could be more talent coming out next year. So you're you're right about that. What about, you yeah. know, now we're hearing seven, eight, nine wide receivers. I mean, certainly everybody plays fantasy football, and that's exciting. And, and you saw it used yeah. to be, oh, no, rookie wide receivers, you don't draft them. And anyone who drafted Jamar Chase probably won their fantasy league and Justin <laughs> yeah. Jefferson the last couple of years. So we can yeah, so give me some of the thoughts about some of these wide receivers like Drake London, Gary Wilson, and where do you think they're going to go? Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be um, it, it's going to be anyone's guess. I think it's really going to be based on the team, which team actually bites on a wide receiver first. I think that's going to dictate who goes first. There is no Jamar Chase in this class. There's no, there's no like, bona fide number one guy. I think it's going to be based on what teams need. I'm looking at – Garrett Wilson or Jamison Williams, those are the two guys I think are going to be in the running for the first wide receiver taken. Um, Jamison Williams, obviously coming off the torn ACL, that is going to impact his rookie year. He, My guess is he won't see the field until October or November, and that alone is kind of a bit of a red flag. But you want to talk about the most explo- explosive deep threat in the class, that's it. And he's also tough as anything. Sometimes you get these like Ted Ginn receivers coming out that can run a fast <laughs> 40, but... They're not football players. Jamison Williams, he was a gunner on special teams. I mean, the guy is as tough as it comes. Garrett Wilson, it kind of fits into that Stefan Diggs mold in that he can get open with movement no matter what. He's got outstanding ball skills. He's very slippery after the catch. You know, those are the kind of guys that they create explosive plays. That's what every offense is looking for now, right? They need explosive plays and it's not always going to be chuck the ball downfield to DK Metcalf. It's going to be get the guy get the guy the ball underneath and let him do some damage after. If a team really needs some Mike Evans type size and you kind of want to gamble on that, you know, that basketball power forward type receiver, Drake London's probably going to be their guy. Um, but there's still he had some drop issues. There's a lot kind of rough around the edges. I don't know if he's going to be able to get open. Everyone loves to talk about how much success he had in contested situations. My response is, why was he always in contested situations? (laughs) That's a great point. I mean, he's he's having a hard time getting open. And one of my my favorite guys, I think he's going to need a good offense to really be truly effective. And I know that you could say that about everyone, but I think if Chris Olave gets into the right offense with Green Bay, Kansas City, I mean, that guy is as smooth as you're ever going to find in terms of getting open and a really good quarterback. They know how to work with those guys. They anticipate them getting open. He's such a sure route runner. He reminds me a lot of Isaac Bruce, Marvin Harrison, that type that if you get, if you get him in the right scheme with the right quarterback, he's going to be catching 100 passes a year. 
it's in, you, you bring up Olave, and I was going to ask you, who do you think Rodgers would want the most? And I was leaning him, too, because of the route running. And Rodgers wants a guy who's going to be where he says he's going to be or where he should be. So yep. you think he's the yep. best fit for Green Bay? I do. You know, when I, when I do the, I'm not a huge mock draft guy, but I do have to make um, some uh, a couple per year just for a couple different people, and that's who I put him. I, I, I think if Rodgers has any say, which I think would happen after the past year or two, I think he's <laughs> going to have some say with at least one of these picks, right? I mean, you have to think they're going to be using one of these picks on a receiver, and I think if he has his option out of all these guys, I think he would go for a lave. We're speaking with uh, Dave Syverton here on Ira on Sports. Uh, Dave, it's been a pleasure having you. Uh, you know, scout for our lads. How do we find and learn more about you and follow along with you? Thank you. Um, I'm on Twitter. Um, I, I'm, be, I'm trying to be a little bit more active than I have been in the past. I will be active with every single pick um, draft weekend, and I mean every single pick. I'll be making a little tweet about it, try to get some original content there, something that you won't normally hear. Um, that is um, at our lads underscore Cy. Um, our lads is spelled O U R L A D S, and then the underscore S Y. Dave, I want to thank you so much for uh, popping by here on Iron Sports. Thank you.